Gremlin podcast. That's it. That's the joke, boys. That's it. We told her to be fine. <laughs> That's the joke. Get it? <laughs> Success. Uh, yeah, this is a podcast where we do stuff and I try to be funny and then I fail. Hmm. I think you're pretty funny. I think you're probably the funniest out of most, like all of us, really. Um, I know I am like a, a specializer in being unfunny. Mm-hmm. That's your job. I was about to say, it's kind of my job. Like, yeah. Yeah. My job is um, searching for five hours to find the exact make and model of a car I need. Yeah. Rough day, huh? <laughs> Maybe. Well, now we're at the table. Now we're Woo! at the table. And uh, now we get to sweat over the meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're at the exactly. meeting. We're here. How long has it been that we've been trying to get to this meeting? So since like five, six days. <laughs> Uh, are we talking in, in Lavalin time or are we talking in real time? In real time. <laughs> oh. Oh, real time. Well. So since we met in Maxwell's Grove, that's that's when we've been trying to get to this meeting. That's when you learned about it, yeah. Yeah, that's when he was like, hey, motherfucker, I want you to say something in the meeting. And, you know, and at that point, I didn't even know what I was doing in the meeting. I still don't. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, I'm interested. There it see. is. You talked a little bit about before we went on air. Um, you kind of got the team ready. Mm-hmm. As Madeline mm-hmm. does. I did team meeting. Yep. Um, and you know, kind of discovered what you wanted to do and went over who was there. Which I'll remind everybody that that's on Twitter at the Secret Hearth. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, wait, it's at Secret Hearth at Secret Hearth on Twitter. You can find a little picture. It's got everybody. It's going to be in the meeting. I'll probably yep. re. Um, I'll probably read it. Thank you. I'm old. I'll probably retweet <laughs> it, um, you know, when this episode comes out. So you can follow along as they um, just completely destroy the political system from the inside mm-hmm. through yes. varsity and uh, bring the kingdom crumbling to its knees. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, um, that's what I was born to do. One can hope. It's <laughs> literally what I was born to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. It's over. We're done. That was a whole episode. That was the episode. Wait. Oh, God. The meeting just flew right by. Yeah. yeah. So did we win? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That speech you gave, you were like, we need to really do this, man. It yeah, really yeah. was a tearjerker. And <laughs> all of them came with you. And mm-hmm. this is all one episode, mind you. And you all walked across Lavin and got the sword together. And when nice. you fought the dragon, it was like... Wow. Easy peasy, little Man, squeezy. Good work, team. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Good I can't believe we did it. We, all without crying. Yeah. All without crying, yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm crying right now. What are you talking about? Okay, well, we, we did it before you started crying. Yeah. These are tears of joy. I am basically nonstop crying. I barely hold it together. Doing a podcast with our games was such a horrible idea for me in particular. <laughs> that crying scenario. I think it's, it's like, great. I'm literally crying right now. Like I'm crying on the air all the time. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I get that we have a joke like Josh and Gwydion, like he's crying, he's whining about his people dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. God. But like, yeah, that is a joke that you've all developed. I, <laughs> you I was, literally started it. I have no you're, idea you, what you, you're talking about. <laughs> but like, I'm actually crying and I basically don't stop crying while I DM. I've noticed that actually. He literally is always like, he's just like leaned away from the microphone and he's just sobbing constantly. Mm-hmm. That's why our carpet always has three inches of water on it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's beautiful, really. Mm-hmm. What do you guys want to do? You want to start? Yeah, I'm, fuck it. I'm. Let's do it. Real talk. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm scared because I'm supposed to know what the fuck I'm saying, and I'm nah, like, let's just <laughs> let's just fucking yank this bandaid and fumble through it. You don't have a plan? No. Yeah, I've got a plan. Okay. No. No plans. Like, you know, have an idea of what E might say. You don't drive like an hour every day to work and talk to yourself in horrific accents for practice for these every day for seven days straight like me. Uh, No, I drive 30 minutes to work and I am on the phone on calls the entire time. That's illegal. Oh shit! It is. Isn't it? <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, it's like a. No, I didn't say isn't that. Isn't like a four thousand dollar fine or something now? Well, it'd be it would be a four thousand dollar fine if I did that. Yeah, yes, but true. she doesn't do that. I don't do no. that. No, I don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Never. Well, question. Safe driver. Would you, if if hypothetically you did do that, mm. are you on a handset? Or are you hands free? It's a handset. Yeah, that I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's yeah. It's like a silence of volumes. I refuse to answer this question unless my lawyer is present. All right, cool. That's five and a half minutes of cold open. We can go now. Okay. Oh, one last thing. Uh, I just want to inform everyone listening that before we started, um, somebody wrote in and told us to eat slices of apples. Tell us if we sound better. I think that sounds a little uh, unbelievable. But apparently, it was it's supposed to be really helpful. Yeah, the apple slices were delicious. They were good. I no. did record the sound of all five of us eating oh. apples. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm considering putting that up somewhere on the Patreon. On the Patreon, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for that's that's say ASMR, right? Yeah. Awful. No. Yep. Horrible. <laughs> this is the sound of all five of us just eating apples, and mm-hmm. that's it. That's all you hear. That's rough. And then, I mean, there's small chit chat too. So a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Are you standing in the lobby? Oh, and I'm sobbing. I'm crying. This is it. We're dead. <laughs> uh, I'm getting palpitations. <laughs> <laughs> standing in the lobby of the um, the Green Tower, the Green Tower's meeting room, where the meeting is to be had. Okay. Oh. This is very high up. It's not on the ground level. You are essentially on the top floor. And this lobby, and you assume the meeting room, too, which you can kind of see over, um, like, an open archway and kind of hear murmuring and see a few crowds of people, like, gathered around talking. Um, It's open to the sky, kind of. Like, the roof is very, very, very high up, and most of it is covered in, like, wooden shingles um, with these really ornate carvings on them that kind of round down on a round-topped there's a round top of the tower, but there's also these massive sort of faceted crystal, um, maybe glass. It looks more like crystal skylines, like skyways. What's the word, Madeline? Architecture. A what? Sky window? Skylight? Yeah, that's, that's the one. Oh my God. I got it, dude. <laughs> you did a really, I'm proud of you. Got it in one. You did good. You did good. Uh, put the skylights in there. It looks really pretty. There's, there's, it's coming down in, in big sort of soft white curtains. You can see some little dust particulates flying around. Okay, so I do actually have an important question. Um, so, which tower was the original tower in Sunbeam that the whole town was built around? That would be the green tower, which is what you're in now. So, follow-up question, because that's been here forever. <laughs> do I see any ghosts? <laughs> no, you do not this see is, any ghosts. Okay, let me remind everyone that I... I don't know, slurp something off a leaf and I can see ghosts. Forever. 
I yeah, it just doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you went, you went off point. into a garden somewhere and did drugs with your uncle right before the meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't imagine that any of these people are ghosts, but there are a lot of people milling about. Oh, so boy. The lobby that you're actually in, all silver tiled and, and dark wood um, with those big skylights illuminating everything. It wraps around in a circle around the meeting room and you enter through archways to get into the actual meeting room. So you're kind of off to the edge of one of the the, the meeting uh, the meeting room entrances, and you're sort of peeking in. You can get a good layout of it. It's like a it's sort of a raised stage, the north end, where you can see the three council members, which we can get to in a second. Um, those are the people that you have to convince of your needs, um, essentially. Great. And then like there's these sort of silver and wood benches that are all lined around the edges, and then there's a small kind of curved platform that has been uh, created in the center of the room that is maybe about a foot tall and it looks like somebody used magic to warp the wood upwards and then flatten it out it's like you can see where the planks have been stretched you know um and that's pretty much what's going on arlo and azantica is here azantica is like grabbing your shoulders herbert mm-hmm. <laughs> you're ready you're ready like you know kind of talking you up and passing you shots of of ale, um, good. Kind of like a, a like a, a the the coach on the edge of the ring, you mm-hmm. know. Um, Rupert is handing out the potions that you requested, so you'll be fully up and rested for this. Um, cool. You know, for all this combat you're about to be doing. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you really don't. Mm-hmm. And that's it. What do you guys want to do? Echo's going to say something to Arlo. You walk over to Arlo. Uh, Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust you. All right. You know what? Let's clear the air here. I don't trust Arlo. I'm saying it. You don't trust Arlo? I don't trust her, Hmm. and I think she's a coward. Whoa. We'll see. Okay. Okay. I'm just just laying it out there. I think there's redemption for her, but I think she got to do something. That's all I'm saying. Well, the first question that Echo has, I guess, is she's going to observe Arlo. Does Arlo look like she's doing okay? She looks a little pensive. You know, she's got one hand on an elbow. Um, she's in armor, essentially, um, now, which has been nice and shined and ready and oiled. Um, and she's just kind of looking around. And I also want to point out, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this is Arlo's first time seeing Echo since the makeover. Oh, that's yes. right. <sighs> You're going to make me do this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want, my dude. Hell yeah. Patrick's like, you do whatever you want to, man. He's got like a high-powered camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm E is waiting with bated breath. He's like, okay. I mean, she better say something nice about the hair. That's all I'm saying. You walk over there and she's like, wow, you look really good. Edgar just kind of like, just kind of shakes her head. She's like... I I have no idea, honestly, what, what I look like. Um, she, she just kind of stands there for a second and says, E did my hair. I think it looks kind of cool. Hmm. Well, that's good. And then she like goes quiet for a second. How are you doing? Are you, are you nervous? Well, it seems like everyone's going to be doing most of the work for me. Uh, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous. Well, I mean, everybody's going to be pulling their own weight. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I just hope nobody even really expects anything from me here. I'm, I'm not 
I'm not a diplomat, but you seem to be. Azantike is, that's her job. I don't know if it matters if you're a very good diplomat or not here. I mean, I am growing more and more nervous about it, but the more I think about it, I don't truly know what's going to happen in here. So I don't know who will be needed to talk or what they're looking for, or what we're looking for as a group, because really I should start thinking about it like that, what we as a group need. And that really includes everyone inside here, not just me and you and, and Herbert and E and Gwydion. When did you start doing this for yourself instead of for her? Hmm. 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 That's a very good question. And I've asked myself that a couple of times. I think, I mean, some of it is still just me holding up my end of a deal. But I think at this point, seeing, you know, I look back on what happened in Ghoul's Crest. And that was just unnecessary brutality that didn't need to be. And I know that's rich coming from me, but it was too much. And then I, I look at, I think the final straw for me was Gwydion, was what they did to Gwydion's people. I hope they listen to him. He has a way with words. I think they will. It's true. I mean, Gwydion's the only one who I can, you know, actually speak here. No offense to you know, Justin, because he's also a great speaker, but... Meh. <laughs> Herbert's had some good sermons. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think Echo just kind of looks at Arlen and she says, well, if you have to talk, I'm I'm confident that you're going to do a good job. And I'm just... I guess I'm rooting for you, and I'm rooting for all of us, but good luck, I think. Good luck. And now I want I want to push off to somebody else. Hey, Gwen. Uh, Patrick's scene has been ended. Yes, now. Patrick's scene <laughs> over. Patrick's scene film. done. <laughs> no Pat- natural pass off. No, not My at all. My scene is over. Let's <laughs> move into the next yeah, scene. I have no and cut. No clapper. Done. Hey, uh, Gwydion. I'm yeah. gonna lean down next to Gwydion and say, "Do you think I would get beheaded if I asked to wear the crown?" This is a joke. This is a joke, obviously. Okay. But, you know, in theory. Um, Yeah, I don't think that would be the best idea, probably. I mean, I know that you've probably thought about that. Um, But, yeah, that's probably not the best move. Um, Right, of course. So, I take it you're nervous as well. No, not at all. Because, I mean, think about it. We're going to do whatever the fuck we're going to do anyways. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is... (laughs) This is saying... Can we please do this? And then we're going to do it anyways. Yeah. This is just if we get, you know, like an extra little sword or something. It would be nice to have them behind us. But yeah, I agree. Either way, we have to do what we have to do. Exactly. There isn't really a, do you think we can do this? It's we're going to do it. That's true. Are you going to talk about, you know... Your crystal sword and all that in this? I mean, I really don't know how this is going to go. I figured the problems would sort of show themselves, and then we could be like, oh, yes, let's fix that problem. But I don't, you know, actually know. I probably won't bring up the sword unless it's addressed, but I am going to tell my story. 
I'm probably not going to linger on it too long, but I'm going to show them my story and speak of it. And hopefully then they'll understand the danger they're in. Um, my concern is they'll be skeptical. That's why I want to show them it. They're politicians. So, well, some of them are, um, and in diplomacy, there's a lot of talking. So a lot of people just wait for their turn to talk. So I think having a visual aid will help, but we'll see how it goes. Well, I've got a dragon scale if you need it. Yeah, we do have that. Mm. Yeah, you forgot about you forgot about that <laughs> little uh, <laughs> token, didn't you? Yep. We have any dragon that? scale and dragon's blood. That's yep. what I was about to say. We have any of that blood and yeah. stuff like that. I have mm-hmm. two vials of it. Yeah, that's, you know, that's... A little dangerous, so we should probably not just dump it out on the table. Nope, we're going to dump it on the table. Okay. Yeet it directly at the king's face. Drink it. Drink it. Mmm. <laughs> Bet you won't, king. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I'm going to sort of huddle us together for a second. Yeah, it goes say. back. Okay, so it is very important to remember that Valor and Grub were supposed to be speaking on behalf of, you know, the king. And since they are out of the picture. He's either going to be talking for himself or we're going to have someone we don't know anything about talking for him. Just as, you know, a heads up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, do you guys feel ready? I feel ready. Yeah, pretty much. Great. I mean, we just go sit down and smoke a lot of cigarettes and say, yeah, sure. That's exactly my plan. Absolutely. Perfect. Great. We're on the same page. Do we want to see if maybe Arlo or Zanaka knows... If there's been a replacement? I suppose that would be the responsible thing to do. Hey, yo, Warlock! No, that's not what Echo does. Is that a problem? Maxwell's here. <laughs> what a problem. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Just like, <laughs> What do you mean, what's a problem? He looks exactly the same, has done nothing to his appearance, but he does have a very s- small, ornate wooden cane. I like a new cane. If the king speaks for himself, and thank you. What? You asked. Is what a problem? And I said, the answer to your question. If the king speaks for himself, will that be a problem? I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I don't I don't see a problem. It's just we would like to be prepared because we, we thought we knew what was going on. And then there was a coup or an attempted coup. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. things are a little different. I'm sure it'll be chill. Then he walks off. <laughs> great. All right. Let's start this meeting. Let's, Has he let's always been like that? Like what? Just like that. Existing? In that manner? Because he just doesn't really seem to care all that much. Well, you haven't seen, I mean, I guess. Well, also, you know, he's a war veteran, so he's probably a little fucked up. You have literally no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Well, that's fair. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, no. Everyone's staring at me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say other than, that's what you get. Yeah, you got- there it is. <laughs> that's Maxwell. That's it. Okay, are we, are we doing this? Let's start the meeting. I want to start the meeting. Let's I want to go it. sit down, and I want to start the meeting. Are there assigned seats? <clears throat> no. Are you guys doing a like a, a slow-mo like walk-in? <laughs> And your new looks, like, into the chamber halls. <laughs> bam, bam, the bam. sun's coming through. All the little dust particulates coming in. You can feel Winter Marion's hand on your shoulder. Like, you can feel metal Cute. against your wood, she says. In your Are we still doing phrasing? 
<laughs> Should I catch you off? Why did I catch you off guard? Are you okay? No, we're fine. Oh. Everything's great. No, continue. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. What's continue. going on? Nothing. 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 What did I miss here? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh my god. It's like a sleepover. Yeah. You feel Winter Marianne's hand on your shoulder. Um her metal against wood. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so dirty and naughty. Don't to me too much. I won't be able to do this. And you guys are not unchristian. Wait. You are not being very Christ-like. Excuse me? Okay. You're not being very Christ-like. How dare you. <laughs> Continue. Moving on. Sentence. I'm prescribing 10 minutes of transcendental meditation to each of you today. Homework. Zach says stuff like this all the time. (laughs) So you feel her. And she says, Show them. I I believe in you. Thank you. Tell them it's time that knights not do just the fighting. Tell them that they are all knights. I'm glad we think alike in that way. She gives you a warm embrace and then goes and sits down on one of the silver benches. Everybody else is here, too, including, um, oh, my goodness. It is King. Blank. Quinn. What? Nothing. King what? What'd you say? King Blanket. King Blanket. He's covered in blankets. It's, it's King Quinn Zargo. Um, he's entering from the southeastern archway, and you can see, like, a... a like an emerald crown soldier with a, a spiked helmet and like a green gamb- gambeson, he like kind of like stumbles past him with a trumpet and goes <laughs> like trying to trumpet really quickly, like he's obviously not ahead of the game. Uh, game as this um, this person, this very interesting person, kind of moves into the chamber. It almost looks like he's floating. He has these massive, very thick, wool, like plush woolen. Um, emerald blankets that are all thrown around him like meshed with gold on the edges and this huge mane that has not grayed in his deep old age uh, but remains like pure golden like threads curling down um, with this wild beard and it's almost half as long as the blankets and cloaks that he's wearing and resting on his head is this massive um, very gaudy but old and tarnished looking um golden crown with a a small sliver of an emerald embedded into the center of it. He has a a very dormant look to his face as he moves in, dragging the blankets behind them, and everyone goes quiet for just a moment, but it quickly fades. Um, He moves like a slug, almost. He's like constantly perspiring, and you see he has huge teeth, Um, but besides these like bulky features, he's a very, very regal like handsome looking person um which like he's very well manicured and tall straight backed um and he's just dragging these blankets in and he just kind of stops near the platform in the center in the middle of the room and starts looking around he's also That's holding it. a huge gaudy scepter of like green and silver and it's like massive and he's kind of dragging along the floor expensive that's a lot um you got the council members over there at the top can you refresh us on who the council members are yeah since i spent some time describing king quinn zargo i'll just i'll 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 cut to the chase on these guys now i have my own you see cedric zant 
like a little elderly gnome in the the middle of the um, the council platform. He's got a big red beard, looks pretty old, and a black cap. Luna Solomon, a very soft-featured, um, sort of middle-aged woman, human, with flaxen hair, and Adelaide of Aoweri. You can see, like, has these rainbow sort of ripples that start at the tip of her index finger and go all the way up into her chest and face. It's like uh, um, scars, kind of, but they they glow and they're bright and colorful. Wild. That's awesome. Cedric. Yeah, that's ether scarring. Love that. Also, Chancellor Hartgrave is here. Um, the very tall, bent, elven lady. She's in armor now. Nice. Hell yeah. Because, as you know, she is here for purposes of security, mm-hmm. either of magical or physical. And uh, she's got a big old blackjack. She's ready to beat some ass. <laughs> Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Fuck yes. Now, um, I should have asked this last session, but like, <clears throat> Hartgrave knows I killed Valor, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. She's looking at you. <laughs> she's looking at you across the room do i get any vibe that she didn't that she doesn't like me for that or can we roll a vibe check you get yeah. the vibe that this woman who equivocally looks kind of like a giant spider is looking at you across the room like this <laughs> just very <laughs> like side-eyed gross. okay yeah did you say gross yeah creepy I will say the vibe that I think that I'm getting, so therefore the vibe that Echo's getting is that she may not necessarily dislike Echo, but she knows what Echo's capable of. Mm. Mm. Especially now. You might be right, man. She might be keeping an eye on you. And she's just keeping an eye out, making sure that I don't do anything fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Great. You made yourself Because you basically, I mean, if we're being honest, we basically have a bomb in here, and that bomb is named Echo. Yeah. Incorrect. Yeah. It's called the scissors and the doorknob, which are currently in our fucking pockets. Uh huh. You have the scissors. I have the doorknob. You Herbert guys, has the tumblers. Yeah. What happens if you cut the doorknob with scissors? <laughs> <laughs> you want to find out? Justin's eyes got so big. As we all just immediately in game turn around and run out. Like, nope, we're not doing this. Sorry, anymore. sorry, sorry. <laughs> wait, wait, one minute, one minute. Suddenly hear uproarious laughter. <laughs> Great. It's, uh, it's actually. Um, Maxwell with oh the God. king and they're laughing hysterically and grabbing each other by the shoulders um, this is the first time you hear his voice like <laughs> big and hollow and then Maxwell kind of goes <laughs> like he's fake punching him in the stomach and, uh, <laughs> and, why does this feel like an episode of Adventure Time and then the king lifts up the scepter it. and kind of like pulls back and it looks like despite its massive immense weight he's not he's holding like a feather okay. and he's kind of waving it like oh, oh, like trying to you know, fake hit Maxwell and Maxwell runs off into the crowd <laughs> and the king laughs, laughs and then locks eyes with you hell yeah goes straight faced Great. And he starts making his way over. You can hear the drag. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I cut my hair. Uh, you can hear the drag of blankets on the on the silver tiles. <laughs> and he gets super close to you. Great. If you allow him to. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck am I going to say? And he stands over. He's, he dragged this massive scepter the whole way. And uh, he's about your height. He's looking in your eyes. And you can see these like big, deep green dark liquid pools of emerald in 
Hell yeah. He's looking at you. And being this close, you notice something. Roll yes. wit, dude. Uh, is this esoteric in nature? Yes. <laughs> it's only a 12. 12? That's enough to recognize this. You see underneath his crown, there's scars. And they look like new in a, in a curve around his brow. And you can only read the top half of them. Or the bottom half of them, because the other half are covered oh, up with shit. the scar or the the crown. Um, but a twelve is strong enough to recognize that that is the ancient song of Nox, Lord of Trickery and Shadow. It's the same sort of sigil work that is on Quiet Crowns, but it looks much more intricate. And he's recently carved it into his brow. What happened? And he says. I am a son of a son, too, and I know my betters, and I learned from their mistake as you did. Correct. I know what you did, Mr. Hyde. Your trickery cannot pierce my brow. Well, that's good. Yes, I suppose it is. I like your, uh, your blanket. Thank you. It's quite nice. It's quite Very flattering. Thank you very Mm -hmm. much. Your attire suits you as well. Thank you. His face goes stern again. Of course it does. Did you really believe that twisted tale about Mad King? Aren't your people in the business of seeing through ruses? I'm keeping my eye on you, Mr. Hyde. And then he turns and starts dragging the scepter away from you. Yo, this bitch can read minds. (laughs) Great. Well, that's it. I don't have to say anything. That's great. He whips back around and starts coming your direction again. Oh my god. Hello. Stands up next to you. Because of what you have done, I have just gotten the idea Mm -hmm. that you will take the place of protecting me during this meeting, since you have destroyed my protection. Is that suitable to you, Mr. Hyde? I think that's great, actually. I would love that. Lovely! (laughs) Worry not. You have the story of this land and the context of what you are about to ask for, written on your very skin. Do not fret. Mouse! Mouse now! And then he starts snapping his fingers. Well, that was easy. A horde of Emerald Crown soldiers come barreling in like a flood into the room, rush up to him. They're holding a small red pillow. On top of it is a golden mouse. It's fur, like waves of liquid gold. It's very, very tiny. It's extremely cute. It's kind of... He picks it up by the tail, throws it into his mouth, and you hear the crunch of bones as he walks away from you. That's so fucking metal. Yeah, I mean, I mean why not? Holy shit. Why okay. not? Great. You guys got anything else to do? Meeting's about to start. Nope. I th- I this think, is great. Uh, yeah. I think Eve just gives you guys a thumbs up. Perfect. I, I go just kind of like puts her hands out, like palms up, like, what the fuck? This is great. This is everything I ever could have asked for. Mm-hmm. You Another hear- job. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a gavel. Bing, bing, bing. Cedric Sam, wild red beard, says, This meeting of those of Sunbeam and beyond and the lands of Yaddle, held in the very tower of those that stripped the shadow away from our land, unpoisoned it, and revealed the ancient and good green beneath, is now in session. 
<laughs> in a company, who's doing that? Point to Echo. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Don't do that. Don't do that. He sniffs and doesn't seem to notice. <laughs> in company is Adelaide and Luna and myself and the good King Quinn Zargo, as well as Company of the Watchtower and Maxwell. <laughs> and you see Maxwell like, hmm. He's on the he's on the uh, the bench. He's like, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and 130 other members of the surrounding Sunbeam District. You can see there's like fucking people in here that. I mean, there's just people yeah. that have wandered up here. They're talking like they's quieted now that Cedric's here. Um, Cedric starts to look around. Does anybody want to talk? Anybody? They feeling like it? How many how many people are in here like that are like in speaking positions in speaking positions? It's everyone we've talked about. Um, Okay, but like you can point to other people in here. I mean, there's tons and tons of people. We could involve whoever we wanted to. That's interesting. This is a very important matter. Um, There's a travesty. It's happening. Can somebody shed some context? He points at Maxwell. Oh, Maxwell, you begin. (laughs) Maxwell stands up thank you Cedric and he walks over to the platform stands up he says you know I've been through such hard times before in this land there are many here that are going to share their stories today but in the end they are just stories you see how my body is broken and you see that I live in the forest now I try to smile at you in the streets and you do not smile back sometimes Stories can mean a lot of different things for different people. But this is not a story. This is not handed down to you by someone else, such as myself. You have no chance to twist it into something to be afraid of. You have no chance to change it to your liking. This is happening to you right now. All of you. (laughs) Then he points at Echo. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Okay, I think I think at this point Echo is probably seated. Uh, you off guard there? Near wherever, probably I would say watchtowers all together, right? Yes. Like, and I would assume Gwydion's also hanging out with Watchtower, right? And is question is E over like somewhere else because now you're protecting the king? I have no idea. No, you're over here with them. I'd cool. Imagine. Yeah, when when Maxwell points at you, Arlo like gives out a sharp like. <gasps> like she's like instantly panicking and oh, no. Maxwell starts walking and he's very stern, but he looks at you and he just nods. Hell yeah. I, I don't know if he thinks you got something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Echo stands up because I, I think she was literally just like sitting on a bench or something, just like bowed out, tapped out of this. Like, so she stands up, she looks around and Quick, quick question. Looking out over these crowds of people. Yeah. Is there anybody that's familiar out in these crowds? Um, Can I pick out any like groups of people that maybe we've encountered before? You see, you see a, a fair number of people that you've encountered before. Um, first of all, you see the band from the prison. They're here and they're watching. Nice. That's the first thing you notice. Um, Samson is here, which he shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> Samson does what he wants. And. Who else have you met in Sunbeam? 
A bunch of dumb guards. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so mean right now? Oh, Clyde is here as well. Oh, that like, bag. Me as Zach would suggest you don't point at him ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should point at him. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, that's your call? But like, ooh. What if we pointed Samson? Anyway. <laughs> the, uh, he shouldn't be here. The uh, Now, if I remember correctly, the band... They actually were one of the the first insights we ever gained into Murdoch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They actually had a look because they shared a prison with him. Right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stalling. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, you we are. know. It's okay. We're all aware. <laughs> are you not comfortable? You want me to delete this? No. We'll go to Matt. No, I'm, I've got it. E. Uh, I'm just, I'm formulating something. Um, so Ego stands up and shows, like, make sure that her watchtower pin is displayed mm. and uh <laughs> is it i forget for you guys is this if, does anybody remember is it protocol like introduce yourself i don't think so i don't think mm-hmm. so maxwell went and stepped on that platform this is like we're actually here like yeah i think herbert like reaches up and gives you a pat on the back i don't think she moves to the platform i think she stays with watchtower um she looks around, doesn't say anything for probably about two, three seconds. Then she takes a big breath and she says, I am not one for negotiations. That's not normally what I do. I typically am what happens when negotiations falter or break down. But I can share something. There is a tragedy unfolding across this land. People are dying. People are suffering. And there are a select few out there who are causing the majority of this brutality. They are visiting untold pain upon the citizens of Yaddle and upon the land. They burn it. They take things from people things that some of you may not even be able to imagine and I cannot stress enough they burn everything they come into contact with Yaddle is burning under the weight of the fire of a dragon some ancient being that I mean have any of us can we even imagine what this is like what's a king look like when she says that Kings just listen. Okay. Very straight-faced. It's like he hasn't moved. He, when he sat down, he just kind of went to stone. Hmm. Smart. There are towns here. There's a town not far from here. Monolith, Red Row, whatever you want to call it. They had to resort to some pretty horrible things because they are out of food. Because it burned. Can any of us imagine that fear? Have any of you seen a dragon? Have any of you had to run from a dragon's fire or from the man that accompanies the dragon? And I really, really want you to think about that while you hear this story. And she points at Gwydion. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Gwydion, Hell yeah. Gwydion stands up and walks around to the kind of the inner ring. Everybody's kind of seated around, right? Right. So there's an inner circle that's empty? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So Gwydion begins to like kind of just pace around and then um, 
My name is Gwydion, Gwydion Foxglove. I'm the son of Caitlin and Galahad Foxglove. I come from Veermore, a long ways away from here. Many of you probably have never been there. You can't go there anymore, barely, because there's not much of it left, because my town was visited by that same fire. We all here have stories, each one of you, every single person in this room have stories to tell. Today I'm telling mine. My fear is that this fire will visit you and I'll never get to hear your story. Knighthood is a strange thing. We are charged with the duty of protecting but at one point in time in this land, there were no knights. There were just humans, people, different kinds of people, all fighting and protecting what they love and helping each other just live. Some of them over time chose to continue to do that for those who could not fight. Those were knights. But when I look around this table and I see all of you, all I see are knights. So now, King, your eminence, I would like to show you what happened to my people. And then Gwydion holds his hand out and, you know, starts to like conjure up this light in his hand and kind of uses uh, remember to bring up that holographic floating large image playback of the day that everything happened in his village. And he proceeds to narrate it. All of you have families. Most of you do. And for those that do not, I am sorry. I hope one day you will have one. Or maybe you have memories like I do of a family you once had. But that day, I was away from my family and I was visiting one of the trees that was sacred to my people. And on my way back, I could see the smoke rise from my village. I ran as hard as I could. When I got there, my mother, my father, my people people I had stood next to for since I was a child. Their bodies were burned into husks, mouths agape in pain, burnt into nothing. That's what's happening right now across this land. And it will continue to happen if we do not fight, if we do not band together like the times before there were nights, if we do not band together and fight for what we love. And then uh, as Gwydion says that, he turns to winter, locks eyes with her, and then looks back to the king. So my hope today is that you all consider with open hearts what you love. And remember, we've all lost something. These past years have been hard for all of us. That's all I have to say. Anything more would just be flourishing. And today, even though I am a bard and a knight, today I'm not going to flourish at all. Because as Maxwell said, this isn't a story, this is happening right now doesn't need anything more. And then... Cedric kind of stands up for a second. Yeah. Before you're able to point at anyone else. What would you have us do? (laughs) Are you meaning to insinuate that everyone in these chambers and beyond should take up arms? I do not think that we all need to take up arms. As I've said, everyone is a knight in some way. Everyone has a role to play. Everyone can do something. What I propose is that we come together, lay down any other differences, put them on hold until we have addressed this issue. 
My intention with what I've just said is just to bring the light, the eminent danger that all of us are privy to. It is a danger and it is not like anything we've seen in a long time. I don't have all the answers. I know what I'll do. I will fight. I will fight to protect what I love. You start hearing murmuring. <laughs> and remember, there is no reason to let fear consume you. There is something we dare not speak of in this chamber. Something old. And then he looks over to Adelaide. Something from a time long ago. And I will not give it power with too much fear. What we need is compassion and cooperation, understanding, and the let go of any kind of prideful issues for now and open ears. That's my only intention today. I don't have all the answers. I'm hoping that you and all the others here can come together and we can have some kind of direction. Adelaide shoots up and Cedric sees and is kind of like, you know, very small and her very, very tall, um, similar to Hartgrave's uh, stature, like Cedric just sort of leans down and sits back in his chair and you can see Adelaide leans out over um, the the balcony with her ether-scarred skin, and she says, Cedric is a child of the Shadow Wars. He will remember very much how the fear of one force broke down the unifications of those that meant good. However, you are coming to us in a state where things are already broken, to truly fight things that are so dark. As you speak of, we must grow and join together. But I don't think there's anyone in this chamber that would agree to some sort of truce with the Crimson Crown. Am I right? Then she points at you, E. Cool. Mm. Well, first I will follow up with answering your question, which... I don't necessarily think that we can meet the Crimson Crown with any type of compassion or composition, but we do, personally, our group here, have at least a solution to one of these problems, which may also be the solution to two problems, one of which being a dragon and the other which being Alamander. If you want to fight something ancient... You're going to have to use something ancient. And I find it fitting that I present this idea, seeing as I am a representation of what is now the cunning folk. But we, these people here beside me, plan on finding the sword. Now, some people may be familiar with the sword. Some people may not. So I will just... Give you a little tidbit. It is just the sword. It is the first sword. This is great. This is great. This is everything he's wanted to do. Tell people about, you know. The sword. The shit. Um, and it actually slayed the dragon the first time. So we figured it could do it again. Now coming to, you know, the whole two birds with one stone type deal. One of the pieces of this sword is an Alamander's Tower. Now, the reason we're actually at the meeting, besides enlightening everyone on the current state of Yaddle, is to act for, ask for a little support 
in initially getting into the tower, seeing as Alamander is going to be an issue, we figured now would be the perfect time, though, because he is hopefully not currently in the tower. How does Adelaide react? I'm sorry, I need to make sure. How does Adelaide react when I talk about the sword? She doesn't. Her face does not seem to change. She's okay. just listening to you. Can I ask about? Um, did anybody? Because I think when he said the sword, I think Echo scanned the room. Everybody that's in here that's, like, not a speaker, like the general populace, they're just listening. They don't seem to understand what that is. Um, The the king is paying, you know, pretty strong attention to it. How petty he is. (laughs) Beyond that, everybody's either making sure not to telegram it or just not reacting to it. Okay. So we just... Well... What we need is we need general supplies and support in getting into the tower to get to Alamander and a piece of the sword. And I point to Herbert. Because Ah. that's all you. (laughs) Oh, that is you, man. It's all you. You know it is. All right. So, yeah, Herbert stands up and he uh, walks out to the uh, the, the middle of the uh, uh, middle of the room. I'm sure that most of you understand that, or at least have heard that the people of Yaddle are beset on two sides. Some would say three. And I think Herbert glances at uh, the king. Mm. But in these times, you have to know whose side you stand on. I stand firmly on the side of the people of Yaddle. I've walked across its breadth, and I've seen destruction and blood, and injustices. And uh, I think Herbert um, maybe pokes his chest out a little bit. It's like, I am a man of Orthos, but I am not a man that Alamander presents himself as. And I know what justice is supposed to be. Now, as I have walked with these people across this continent, we have delved into the depths and libraries and ancient places and we have found maps and paperwork and we believe that we have a way underneath the tower to reach into it and around Alamander's defenses but this is not going to be easy we don't have an entrance yet but we know there are tunnels but once we enter that tower it will be very hard to get us out uh, I'm floundering. <laughs> you see a farmhand. Yeah. Like, a young man stand up and look at you. Mm-hmm. Do I recognize this individual? No, not at all. Okay. Um, you know what? Yeah. Um, do you have something to add, sir? He just gives a nod. Herbert points at him. He kind of comes out to the central circle. He doesn't get up on the platform. Um, he just says... I think that many of us live with the memories of memories of the Shade Wars and other such bad times here in our fair land. I know that this is a difficult position he's surmising to send the king's soldiers with him to do such a thing to the Crimson Crown, to steal from them. But it sounds like it's for the greater good. And... I'm I'm personally sick of not fighting. 
if a couple of us go here from the city of Sunbeam, there's no colors being flown then. Mm-hmm. If he really has a secret way in, then we follow him in and we fight. And if we lose, then nothing's lost. That's it. And then he realizes he has to point at somebody. His eyes go wide. And he like slowly looks around. <laughs> He's breathing. And you then didn't he point out, buddy. kind of points up and points to another like random person in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> she stands up. It's an elderly lady. Fuck she yes. Goes, yeah, I'll go. Oh. And then people start murmuring and like everybody's like, yeah. Nah, nah. <laughs> and they start to get mad. And you can hear them like talking about like, you know what they did to Rosie and like talking about the the crown. Um, and they, so a couple of them get really red faced and Cedric stands up and hammers on the gavel. Hold the court. Hold the court. Calm down. That's great. Calm down. Nice. How's the king look? Totally just like statue. Nothing yet. As I, I do want to say, Echo like looks directly at him. Mm, okay, she's he like looks over at you, and she's <laughs> she kind of dips her head a little bit. She's looking at him, making sure that he's hearing this. He kind of puts his head back, looks at you down his face, <laughs> and you see his right hand. It's reaching for something. Great, it's a gun, and he pulls out a little tiny pouch of something. It looks like some some, some kind of herb. And then he takes it and he puts it in his nostrils and then looks Hell at the floor. Yeah. He can read minds. <laughs> He's just looking at the ground now. Yeah. Cedric says, this is all fair and good. And I think that it is a a uh, something we can support for those that wish to volunteer. You can take armaments, speak with the blacksmiths. We will give them out, um, you know, O's to those to arm you with and you will be under their sole responsibility of this party. But gaining such a thing doesn't take care of the Crimson Crown, and the Crimson Crown needs to be taken care of before we can fight as a strong and healthy force against this dragon. I think if you all are are to go, you should bring the tower down with you. Yes. This is our counter-ask. We will arm you as much as we can, maybe even send a few guards with you, but you must do something to the crown. Then King Zargo stands up and he kind of slams his scepter on the tiles. A couple of the tiles like break and go flying. You can see so raw earth underneath it. Unnerving. And he says, that's a bit speaking for me, isn't it? They will know that a few farmhands are not responsible for a tower's destruction. How am I to be insured of this? Are we going to the war with the Crimson Crown? If you wish to go, then that means they will suspect myself. I think that this is something that needs to be settled on. I will not allow your forces to go to the tower. Now he's just standing and looking around. Hmm. Well, Echo can't speak. I think we're done. Well, I didn't end well. Hmm. He gets up on the platform. I can't offer the rules of this meeting. You who have spoken, tell me what you want to do. Give me a reason to go to war with the Crimson Crown. We have two dragons in this on this continent, and both their heads need to come off. And you can't kill one dragon unless you kill the first. 
but we were talking about going to war. We were talking about spending thousands and thousands of lives. If we can kill Alamander, I think the crown will fall. He's leads of people that are confused and needing of leadership. Mm-hmm. This is a good and fair point. He is not sound. His followers barely hang on to their cause. And I think Herbert can uh, lead those people. So then you must not go to war with Crimson Crown. You must kill Alamander. I will kill Alamander. <sighs> Interesting. If we go in to the tower, we can kill Alamander. And I, I truly, I, I'm just backing up what my compatriot here has said. If we kill him, then the crown will fall. It need not be a war. It can be an assassination. He starts stroking his massive blonde mane. You can see there's a little fleck of blood from the mouse still on his lip. Gnarly. And then he looks around and he says, <laughs> All right, I will send some of my soldiers with you too. It must be done. So you must make sure it is done. So I must send soldiers with you. These farmhands will not be enough. I will give you 15 folk. Fifteen folk and a band of townspeople will be enough. Lovely. Cedric bangs on the uh, desk again, says, I suppose this meeting is adjourned. It seems like we've reached a good consensus. Everyone is well informed. And and then suddenly the doors whip open. What a surprise. everyone is blinded by a sharp white light. It starts to fade. And standing in the archway, you see a silver cloak and a hood, bare white feet, and a small thing. But a child pulls his hood down to reveal soft black lavender hair. Cute. And you see a moon elf standing in the archway. And he says, Sorry, I'm a bit late. We'll see you next week. Woo!